Welcome to Growing Pains, a business podcast for entrepreneurs and their teams who find themselves in the growth phase or messy middle in between startup and aiming for six or seven figures and beyond. I'm your host, Laurie Sterling, a COO, coach and mentor. I both do what I teach and teach what I do with a passion for empathetic team leadership, business operations and all things entrepreneurship. Hello and welcome. Today I have a little bit different format because I do have a guest today. My guest is Veronica Matasova. Veronica has been an OBM for about two and a half years, and I've known her for two of those years. And we've been working together since September 2022 in my business for about five months. So I brought Veronica in to help me. And so she's going to interview me today, and I'll do another interview next week where I will interview Veronica as well to sort of get her insight into how it all works too. But I thought this would be super fun and super interesting to sort of flip the script and let's ask these questions from my angle. So it's the usual questions that I ask all of my guests, but Veronica is going to be leading the way. Welcome, Veronica. Hi, everyone. I'm excited to interview you because after so many guests, I'm excited to hear your own questions and answers as you are the leader in CEO space. So just briefly introduce yourself, what you do, and basically who you help and serve as your client. Yeah, thank you. You're right. I do mentor other COOs. So I do what I teach and teach what I do, which I think you might have grabbed that from the introduction. But I have chosen this COO sort of operations-based role. I mentor others, but I also am operations managers for my own clients as well. So I have several clients. Actually, some of my clients, I'm not the COO. I'm actually a CFO. It's a slightly different role, but it's still sort of in that leadership position, which sort of takes a bit of a different angle than usual. But I've found the experience from doing both of those roles just has led to me having a bit more rounded experience in what it's like to be a leader inside a growing business. So yeah, I do love all things systems and operations. And it actually, funny enough, it doesn't come naturally to me. I've got formal education. I have a diploma in business administration, but I've never gone to university and most of it is learning on the job, which I'll, I'll tell you a bit more in the next question to come about how that all came about. But I think that has been the biggest surprise that most people realize working with me is that it's all experience. And I know this work by being in the trenches and doing it myself. So I feel like I'm one of those, I've come from the bottom up. Yeah. And that gives me a unique experience in to be able to like teach all aspects of this role. And so, yeah, I love it so much. I love empowering others to step into this role and build their confidence too. And I just think people don't even consider what a CEO role could look like for them because they just feel like that's too far into the future. I'm not even going to like humor the the idea, if you get what I mean. So, yeah. Awesome. So how long have you been in a business doing this from start? Yeah, well, I've been in business since I was 21 years old when I launched a web design business. And it was with my husband at the time. So we built and I like literally, he was still working for another business. And I was the one like 
walking the streets, putting business cards into different businesses and things like that. And I was the one who got the very first client who was my beautician and starting from scratch before there was any social media and like we still had big yellow pages books and things like that. So that is how my humble beginnings started. I was 21 years old. It was probably about uh, 15 years, maybe we're probably about 24 when we went full-time into the business. So we did it part-time for a couple of years. And then, yeah, we went full-time in the business because we'd sort of set ourselves up. We'd, I'd been working in a HR company and we were ready, like we wanted to have a baby and we wanted to build up this business, but we had to buy a house first because we knew we couldn't buy a house with unpredictable income. So we both had our jobs, bought the house and then hubby quit his job. And I continued a little bit in the HR firm until we could make sure that we've got enough consistency in that business. Behind the scenes, I was doing all the operations, all the back end, and he was designing and using his expertise too. So over the years that had a few iterations, it went from graphic design to web design and then to web development. And we had ran that business full time for about 10 years. And uh, we ended up shutting down that business, which was earning six figure business. It was, you know, very successful for many years. And we closed it down to move overseas, to move to the UK. And that's was about that time I started just before we left, it was a couple of years, my youngest kid had started school and I was twiddling my thumbs a bit, not sure what I should do. And I I was thinking about, you know, what was I good at? And if I worked and didn't get paid for it, what is it that I love to do? I was sort of, you know, thinking, what hobbies do I have that I really love to do? And the weird, like the answer, I conclusion I came to was that I loved budgeting. Like I loved the finances side of the business, but also the, our personal finances and like the challenge of unpredictable income and how I approached that. And so my very first coaching business started helping people sort out their business financials. And so I coached for that for a couple of years. And then, like I said, we moved to the UK and I sort of felt like I had to start from scratch all over again with my, my clients and a couple of them, actually one of my clients is still with me to this day that I still do that CFO work with. So since then, I, as I dive deeper into the numbers, I had this big realization that the numbers alone wasn't going to solve the problems. The numbers tended to highlight the problems in the business, but it wasn't just that they needed to increase their prices or they needed to sell more. There was more to it than just the cash flow of a business. And that's when I sort of found out about like there's a cadence to the business that, you know, is dependent on how many leads that we have coming in. And then being able to relate this back to when I owned my own business and knowing like that I was already talking to my husband about, well, we should be counting if if it takes two months to, you know, bring a client from when we first get an inquiry through to when we get our first deposit. And like there was usually about two to three month period. I'm like, well, we need to make sure we've got enough leads coming in to cover that two month period so we can space out the time. And sometimes we had heaps of work and sometimes we had no work. And all of this like was a cadence that we were discovering in our business that I was finding was applying to all of my clients as well. And so being able to 
look at not just the the cash flow and the finances, but the efficiencies and inefficiencies in their business and the systems and operations that were around those would have a huge impact on my clients. And um, so that's when I really got obsessed with operations. And I knew this was the key to having good cash flow in business. Yes, cash flow is important and having a system for that and being able to track your money. But more important was, yeah, this operations and systems and back end that happened in a business too. So that was when I made another pivot in my business and I got obsessed with operations, but I didn't actually become a COO ooh, until probably about two and a half, three years ago myself. Well, saying that I was doing the COO role the whole time inside the web development business. So, but I hadn't officially taken on that title for other people. I guess, until about three years ago. So that was a big pivot for me to see that role. And yeah, I I haven't looked back ever since. It's work that lights me up. I enjoy it. It's like a little puzzle. It it fulfills all of my skills. And um, I just feel like this is the right place where I'm supposed to be right now. So a long-winded answer to that question. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Can you tell us how many clients do you serve currently as CEO? Yeah, I have about five VIP clients at the moment, which I work sort of one-on-one inside their business. Like I said, a couple of those are CFO clients. Two of those are CFO clients. And then the others are operations, COO work. And I also have about four people so far that I'm mentoring as COO mentor too. So they are definitely worth a mention too. Okay. And you kind of mentioned this already, but what made you start your business in the first place? Yeah. So I was twiddling my thumbs, wondering what skill set that I have and wondering how I could apply that. And it made me realize I actually really need to find myself a real hobby because budgeting is not really a hobby there. But I guess I started my business for myself because yes, the kids were at school, but I wanted to achieve financial independence and financial freedom for myself. I knew that our business definitely made enough money to support us, but there was something about being able to achieve it on my own. And I really felt sort of that it was an empowering step for me, for me to be able to do that. It was sort of another step in my personal development to be able to yeah, start my own business and achieve great things. So now when I think of, I've always used my my husband as a benchmark in that, well, if he ran his business, yes, it was both of us running that business, but I wanted my business to also achieve that same height. And I actually, my hourly rate is currently higher than my husband's hourly rate. So I found that to be an achievement, but also the money we made when we first moved to the UK, I'm now more earning more than that just by myself. So not even including my husband, my husband's income now. So I feel, feel like that was such an, a personal achievement. And so, yeah, I think this financial independence is a, a huge piece of it for me, but also being able to help others achieve that as well. I think that is also very deeply ingrained in me that I was brought up by a single mum. We were very poor, I guess you could say, couldn't, didn't have much to rub together, but I always knew 
I could achieve great things through my brain. Like I was smart enough to be able to make more money. And absolutely, I think I have sort of lifted the base for my generation. And I hope my kids will be able to, you know, succeed even further than I have because of the work and the effort that I've put into that. And I, I hope that, um, yeah, they they see that too. And yeah, so being a role model for my kids is definitely a huge part of that. Okay. And you mentioned your rate in this question. So would you mind sharing your current package or rate? Yeah. So I do I have like two ways that people can work with me. So I have, I typically work with a retainer. If you work with me on an hourly rate, then, you know, and I put in my timesheet and and you pay me would be $70 an hour. But with some of my clients, I do like a, a retainer package. So I do a discounted rate and that amount, like if you pay me up front for it, then it's cheaper as well. But there is also another method that I have been experimenting with some of my clients and it is like a partnership model where I still get paid a base rate, a base retainer, but any new income that is made together, either it's a new income stream or a new course or new clients or something that I help bring in, that I get paid a percentage of the income that is achieved. And I've tried that at a couple of, it's still early days, but yeah, I've been finding that that works really well as a partnership model moving into this COO role so that because COOs typically are paid a lot of money, they're usually you know six figures if they're working full-time in a business. And I think sometimes that can be a bit scary for CEOs who are trying to bring in a COO that, that that number. So if we can say, look, this is a partnership, we're doing this together. Yes, I need sort of my basics covered and we'll do that in a retainer. But then how about if we achieve that growth? So that could be 10%, 20%, 5%. It's sort of you get to negotiate that with each client. And any new business that that comes, then you'll get paid a percentage of all the sales that come out of that too. And that seems to be a lot more comfortable for CEOs to say, okay, well, I'll pay you the money when I've got the money. And so their successes are my successes and we can celebrate together. And that has been, yeah, a really great concept to be able to play with. And I, I hope I can expand that and explore that in a bit more. Yeah. So how how do you find your clients? Ooh, ooh, a few different ways. I suppose the biggest way has been networking. A lot of like subcontractors or like service providers that work for other clients, I'll like build a relationship with them. Like it might be building a relationship with the copywriters or it might be, might be, you know, SEO teams or graphic designers and things like that. They all work with clients in the similar field as I do. And so I'll often reach out to them and let them know, hey, I'm actually up for some new client work. Let me know if you have any clients who might need operations manager. And um, they're like, oh, yeah, that's great to know. I'll keep an ear out for you. And I have had some new clients that way. Some have been through coaching. So I have my own business coach and they have recommended me to other clients that they have coached with. Some of them have come from being in Facebook groups. So one of my favorite Facebook groups is Heart-Centered Soul-Driven Entrepreneurs led by Tash Corbin. And that is a great place 
to network and grow your customer base because there is like one day a week, there's an opportunity to promote your services. So there's a lot of Facebook groups that just say, look, no links, none whatsoever. You're not allowed to promote yourself. That's not what this is about. But we're all in business together and we can all support each other. So I think this Facebook group is perfect for that. And what other methods? Yeah, actually, I've had some just connecting with me on Instagram. And usually, like if I've done, I've done some coaching for other coaches inside their mastermind programs and things like that. And, you know, they've mentioned me on their Instagram. And so I've had a few people come and follow me after being mentioned on other people's Instagrams. So that's been another way that I have been able to bring in more clients too. So lots of different ways. There's no, not quite one answer. They all tend to come from lots of different places. Okay. Amazing. And how many team members do you manage in total for your own business and for your clients? Yeah. Well, there are three of us in my teeny tiny little business so far. And I have yourself, my OBM, and I have also a social media manager, um, Kiera, who both of you are wonderful at what you do. And I couldn't do what I do without that support. So technically, there's probably an extra person is my cleaner. I definitely wouldn't be able to handle life without my cleaner as well. So yeah, Becca also gets a mention there. And then I also have my clients team members. So there's probably about 10 people in total who I manage for different projects and and things like that. So some of those are external contractors, some of those are internal contractors and and team members and things like that. So Okay, awesome. So how many hours per week do you work on your own business and per client? Ooh, I haven't calculated this. I probably work about five to 12 hours per week for my clients. Sort of, it depends. Some, some clients have like fortnightly phone calls and things like that. And some have like another with my CFO clients, I do like two good chunks a month where I work on their finances. And then I do probably about five to 10 hours in my own business. So that's sort of depending on the level of capacity from my client work, whether I'm working more in my business or working more with my clients, that can change week to week. But yeah, I'd say in total, I work probably about 40 to 50 hours a month. Yeah. In like as a whole, both my clients and my own business. Mm-hmm. And for your clients, what have you found that has been the catalyst for their growth going from five to six or six to seven plus figures in their business? Ooh, I would say a lot of it has been like taking taking the chance and taking a bit of risk and hiring, either hiring new team members or doing a bit of like a, a launch. And there is risk involved in hiring a new team member and it not, you know, working out, or it could be spending a lot of money on a launch and a lot of time and a lot of preparation for it to possibly not work out and lots of doubts and things like that, but they've never regretted building those assets for their business. So the catalyst, I think, is yeah, trusting in their team and getting support around them. I think somebody who is stuck doing the work themselves, hold them back and build a ceiling for themselves. And they don't realize that if you build a team around you, you're actually building more hours into your day because you get to count their hours as well in your business. So, 
And then you can pull yourself out of the tasks that you don't enjoy doing and do more work that's in your zone of genius and you get to turn up and be the talent and it becomes really enjoyable and your team gets to do what they're good at too. And yeah, it starts building momentum and it goes from there. Okay. So for any business owners that are listening to this right now, what advice would you give them if they were hiring their first CEO? Ah, I would say trust the process, trust them and don't try and hold on to so much control. The outcome will still happen, even if the method isn't what you're used to. But saying that, you can train somebody in your method and still let go of the outcome and still let go of the process that happens. So I think a lot of the times they feel they have to check on somebody's work or check up after them because they haven't fully let go of the whole process. Once they trust the process and they realize it's getting done, they don't have to worry about it's getting done correctly and it's creating results, then that it's so freeing from being able to have to have to do that all yourself. Yeah. And for the other side, for our OBMs that are listening, what advice would you give them if they were wanted to work side by side with CEOs? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is to understand, even though you're there to run the back end of the business, that it is still the CEO's business at the end of the day. And they are the visionary and they're going to throw happy grenades into the situation every now and again. And that's okay. Sometimes it means like we need to sort of pivot and change resources Sometimes it means we just need to delay the concept, uh, like delay the idea until we've got another project out of the way. But yeah, understand that even though you are very capable of running this business, that it's still up to them and, and you need to open communication. Sometimes there can be miscommunications and you can assume things and it's probably not what you're thinking at all. So I would reach out and have a discreet conversation to say, oh, when you said this, did you mean that? Or was it something else? Like, don't think the worst. Try and understand that they've probably coming from a completely different angle that they haven't even considered your point of view. And yeah, to keep that communication free flowing and not confrontational, I would say is the best best way. If you're in any doubt, reach out and ask the question. It could mean nothing. It could mean something. It might mean they have to work through and understand each side's point of view. But at the end of the day, it's their business. So go with the flow. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think we have been all in those kind of situations. Yeah. So can you tell me what was the hardest part about managing, growing a team, working for your clients, all the challenges that you came across over the four years? Yeah, I guess with every new person that is hired into a team, it does change the culture and dynamic of the team slightly in some way or in another. So it's being able to ensure that each person is onboarded well so that they can find their place and understand the culture of the team straight away. They might not always get it straight away. They might need two or three reminders, but have patience because they will come around and they will understand the system. I am a huge believer in if there's a problem, blame the system first before you blame the person. 
because it's it's probably just not explained well enough or not made clear. And that can be avoided if we go into the systems and explain those first. And yeah, that makes a huge impact on the culture of the business. Mm-hmm. And quite opposite, what was the highlight of working with clients and growing their team and businesses? I would say it's the results. Like when you come out of a a launch with, you know, six figure launches and things like that. It just, there's nothing like it when you beat the last launch and you have the numbers to prove it. It's so good. And then like going in and saying, okay, so how can we improve this launch so that the next time you go through that launch again, it can only get better because yeah, you keep building up, building on that momentum and launches just get better and better every time and more organized and more assets and improvements. And yeah, it, continually gets better that's definitely a highlight for me okay awesome so what's next for you tell us about your visions goals dreams yeah well I want to still continue building momentum in my digital COO accelerator I feel like I can definitely mentor more operations managers to step up into that COO role But I actually have something happening on the side with me. I'm applying for a trustee role on a not-for-profit organization. So I have an interview lined up. So wish me luck. Hopefully I get it. If not, I won't give up. But the organization helps women get interviews, job interviews. And so they'll dress them, give them an, an outfit that they can dress up for the interview for. They'll coach them through interview questions and and give them the confidence they need to walk in there and achieve that job. And yeah, I'm excited that I'll get to do again what I'm good at, the COO role inside that sort of a scenario, but this time it's for free. So as in like it's volunteer work. So I'm super excited. That will be probably one day a week out of my week. So things will probably get a little bit busier, but definitely fulfilling. So I'm really excited about that. Okay. So how can people follow you and your journey that you're currently taking? Yeah. Best place. Well, first place I would start is follow me on Instagram. But really to get sort of deep personal view on how it's all going for me, I would sign up to my email list. So you can do that on my website, lauriesterling.com. Yeah. And uh, I send out a newsletter every week and give you an update on what's happening in my side of the world and what's on offer. So that'd be a great place to start. Awesome. So we will have those links in the show notes for everyone. So thank you, Lori, for coming on your own podcast. (laughs) It it was great to hear your side. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Uh, This is super different. And um, next time I'll do you. (laughs) Sounds great. All right. So if you would love to step up into this COO role and up-level your own leadership skills, teach your team to work autonomously and have tools to make better decisions and improve your strategic management skills and confidence, to turn up as second in charge, then you might like to take the COO Ready quiz to see how close to ready you are to step into this role. So again, it will be in the show notes for you. And thank you to everyone for listening. And thank you, Veronica, for helping me out today. Until next time, have a productive day.